Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Before we get started, uh, I want to introduce a, a new sponsor, Solo New York, which is one of the biggest bag brands in the company. They started in 2008 with a commitment to shake up a boring industry, and I've really been looking for a new bag. I, they offered me their selection, and I went with their all-star backpack duffel, which actually converts from a backpack to a duffel. You can wear it on your back if you want. It's got a handle on the top of it. It's got a handle on the side, uh, or it's very lightweight as a backpack, and so it's a duffel that you you can open from the top and almost use it like you would use a, a carry-on suitcase to load stuff into it's much easier than your normal backpack where you got to just shove stuff in from the top you can actually put clothes in there folded they're not going to get messed up there's also a really convenient slot for shoes that's a, a pretty hard shell you can get your shoes in there and just the, the space efficiency and how compact it is is really impressive i had this old gym bag one of those shoulder gym bags and i was like all right i'm gonna try and replace this with the all-star backpack duffel and it was much smaller i'm like wow you know am i gonna be able to fit everything in here i wear a size 13 shoe and i threw my kds which is, is what i hoop in these days by the way i got my age 38 duncan uh so i'm feeling good about that but i was able to slide those into the shoe compartment and there's still plenty of room in there for stuff to go to the gym with it's very lightweight as i mentioned fit into the gym locker easily outside pockets as well which are extremely convenient there are pockets inside the main compartment that you open from the top i highly recommend recommend checking out their selection of bags they have youtube videos of the bags as well so you can see exactly how they're used where all the compartments are and then the quality is outstanding i think like the zippers even they have these extremely resilient and easy to grab pulls on them you know that's the kind of thing that can break over the long term i thought the quality of those was really good so the way to get started with them is solo-newyork.com slash cap space easy to remember so we talk about it all the time in the program that's solo-newark solo-ny.com slash cap space and that'll get you 25 percent off from their hundreds of designs once again solo dash ny solo dash new york solo dash ny.com slash cap space to get that 25 percent off and use that slash cap space url to let them know that you came from us it was looking like it was going to be a totally boring first full day of free agency is about 5 p.m pacific nothing had happened and then lebron james signed with the la lakers a tweet released by his agency clutch sports uh, an official announcement 
with more detail i'm sure will be coming in a few days but lebron james will be a los angeles laker next season lebron signing on in perhaps the biggest surprise four years a three plus one for the max a little under 154 million dollars and then they had a a flurry of moves after that as well Uh, so what are your initial thoughts here i mean it's absolutely massive for the landscape of the league it is very interesting that it sounds like lebron committed to the lakers without securing the commitment of another star player whether that be through free agency or through a trade you know that certainly could still happen they have the flexibility to do so but lebron james is a laker for a while now and i think this might be looking a little bit more towards the long term especially with some of the other moves they made which we'll talk about in in due time but this is where we start but what i'm most interested in beyond all of the big you know basketball questions about how lebron fits with this team whoever's left and everything else is the idea of timing here because parts of this look to me like they're playing a kind of a two-year game in terms of securing talent because the lakers could clear out they they could they have about 27 million the last number i i put out next season in in space and they could clear a whole lot more quickly using Waldang either for trading or stretching purposes so that's one way of doing this and i could certainly see an argument i could see them going to let's say the san antonio spurs and saying we don't need to give you the world for Kawhi because we can just sign him next summer but lebron james is 33 years old turning 34 in december of this year and there is also a pressure to be the best team you can be as long as he's here because even though he seems indestructible we know how this process works in totality and i'm interested to see how the lakers try to square that circle yeah lebron has spoiled us with his longevity to date the performance that he put on in the playoffs last year until injuring his hand a circumstance of his own making of course but was an argument at least for the greatest playoffs that anyone has ever had uh certainly the greatest conference playoffs that anyone has ever had and so he is there right now but we don't know how long it's going to continue i want to talk about this a little bit from a basketball perspective first here we'll go through some of the other moves that they made as well because i really want to get to what this laker team is going to look like because it is as you are so fond of saying an island of misfit toys to some degree at this point so after lebron agreed they had about 25 million in space to work with including the cap hold for julius randall which is 12.4 million they could take that off whenever they want to basically unless he signs his qualifying offer which i'm sure they'd be totally ecstatic about that qualifying offer is i don't have the exact number offhand but it's you know like six million bucks or something and they immediately signed contavious caldwell pope who played for 18 million or so last year to a one-year 12 million dollar deal he will have an implied no trade clause because it's his second year in a row on the team if they traded him he would lose his early bird rights and i think he was if not the best sheen guard left on the market close to it jj reddick and kcp both out there reddick likes being a, or i'm sorry and av bradley both out there reddick likes being in the east coast kcp younger has been healthier than Bradley has already been in LA obviously a a clutch sports client as well but one year 12 million for KCP that's a totally good number Uh, I think he is a pretty good fit with LeBron can play off the ball can get out in transition can shoot the ball very solid defensive player so that put them down to 13.8 million in space if they wanted to move on from Randall but basically they're out of space unless they move on from Randall at this point or he takes the qualifying offer which won't happen for quite some time if he does but then they went and used 
use the room exception granted for only one year so you wonder how powerful that is but still you would think they could have done a little better to me especially in terms of fit than lance stevenson right this is a part of what was so intriguing to me about the idea of near term versus long term is i don't see lance as being particularly useful to cleveland in either oh, of well, those timelines well, you know lakers. Uh, not a bad the point. lakers for, uh, it's our first slip <laughs> you called him cleveland oh whoops <laughs> i know it because it feels like a cleveland signing to me of getting a guy who is not a bad player for, oh, for sure oh, i, I, mean, I disagree ha- was a, I, I think it's a, a cleveland signing the guy at least would have been able to shoot Eh, maybe maybe but i mean with lance this this is kind of the idea of defining success for me if what the lakers are trying to do is be a competitive team and you know win win a fair number of games next year and bring in comp you know talent that can do some things sure lance could be a part of that i would play him less with lebron than with lebron for a couple of reasons but lance stevenson to me has some really big problems against the best of the best because you can exploit some of his proclivities offensively and then defensively he's a good player but he's not really suited to guard the you know the dominant players which are overwhelmingly on the best teams so it's a it's a strange move for me there especially when you think about the context that there is still the possibility certainly a possibility could even be stronger than that that the lakers acquire Kawhi leonard this year and what you need next to Kawhi and lebron is meaningfully different than what you need next to lebron well here's the other reason why it's so weird even if you don't acquire Kawhi leonard you're the other players you have are julius randall potentially could be back can't shoot outside of three feet brandon ingram can't shoot lonzo ball maybe he'll be able to shoot but he sure as hell couldn't shoot last year all those guys also need to have the ball in their hands as well lance needs to have the ball in his hands to have whatever limited amount of effectiveness he can have and so and then uh, you know lebron james kind of needs to have the ball in his hands as well even kyle kuzma is a good good shooter off the ball but a guy who probably needs to have the ball to some degree i mean josh hart is really their only guy right now who really is a, a good off ball player he and kcp and also you know josh hart is lance now going to take josh hart's minutes like josh hart i think josh hart might be better than lance stevenson next year he can at least shoot he's probably a more disciplined harder deep playing defender lance can read some good p- moments on defense but i don't think he's that great overall because he's too spacey so i mean you have two good shooting guards already and so you bring in lance i mean is he gonna play the three well uh, brandon Ingram pl- plays the three and lebron plays is gonna play some three and yeah this really just seems like you know they have plenty of guys who can defend already on this team and that's to me is the only reason you would bring lance in is because already he can switch and he's kind of rugged defensively i mean that i could name probably 10 guys right now off the free agent list that i would rather have tried to get even when you consider that it's only one year on the room exception i think they could have done a lot better and then uh they also signed javel mcgee for the minimum that's fine now both both of these don't impact their cap space right now because they're just going to sign them using exceptions after they use up the rest of their cap space but i don't really understand uh, mcgee i understand i mean if you want to have him play a similar role to the as with the warriors maybe even start at center not finish the game randall will probably finish the game you can play lebron at center to, to finish the game and they should have a very switchy lineup you know i mean that's that's part of where maybe stevenson comes into the theory and luke walton of course very adept at using switching lineups both last year with the lakers and then uh going back to his time with the warriors so uh, I, I think they, this team can be pretty good on defense when javel's not playing uh so javel you know he could play a similar role with the warriors that's fine for the veterans minimum uh, uh, no problems there maybe we'll see who else might have been available you know that may might have provinced him a little bit bigger of a role than uh 
if there are other players available but remember lebron's quote in the finals of like oh yeah you know to compete with golden state you really need just like the absolute smartest players and uh yeah lance and javel would not be uh at the top of my list there or nor would kcp necessarily even though i do like him as a player kcp can certainly be a gunner at, at moments in time and yeah i i wonder a little bit about what this team is going to be and it's also worth noting that caldwell pope has that implicit no trade clause and theoretically if randall picked up his you know signed his qualifying offer he would as well i don't expect randall to do that i think they'll get something done but that makes it harder to do salary filler and lance theoretically could be a part of that i mean you could make an argument that he didn't sign for that purpose that would have to be december 15th so it would be really painful for the lakers to get Kawhi in the immediate unless luol deng was included in the deal and the problem there is that luol deng is a massive negative asset so either you're sending him to a third party and giving them stuff or you're sending him to the spurs and sending them even more and both of those are, ch- are challenging and maybe the lakers are playing this long game of we can we can get him next year that's totally fine and then the spurs can do what they will you know they could end up getting a, a decent rental offer or whatever happens but it is just a strange thing like if you're thinking about okay what is this like look you have to kind of treat this lakers team now as a possible finished entity it's not what i expect it to be but it's somewhat close and to me this is a team that has some potential and i think lebron can bring a lot out of them and defensively as you mentioned they they could do some things but i don't see them as being better or even really particularly you know like close in terms of regular let's call it regular season net rating you know that idea to the rockets or the warriors and the rockets have some foibles we've talked about this before in the playoffs due to their specific talent and the isolation reliance but this cleveland i mean this lakers team has similar has problems too that are going to have to be reconciled they can be but they have to be yeah i agree with that a lot and you know we've got season previews to talk about this team we'll have a little bit better idea let's return to the Kawhi pursuit however Woj reiterating shortly after LeBron signed that Kawhi's focus is still on being a Laker you mentioned 2019 if they don't sign any contracts that go into 2019 which it seems unlikely that they will they will have a draft pick there that'll reduce this slightly but as of now they're looking at 26 million in space if they don't stretch dang this year they could do so next year that would get them up over where they need to be which uh, Kawhi's max right now you might have mentioned it 32.7 million is where it projects on that 109 million dollar cap 30 percent of that so they could get him outright as a free agent you mentioned though the idea that maybe he could go to Philly and there was a little reporting that maybe Kawhi would be open to Philly there's some reporting back a few months ago that like that might be one of his preferred destinations Boston not been really on that list um and so Philly you know we'll see they supposedly have been unwilling to include Markel Fultz so far which means you know if it's Sharich and Covington in a first at that point if you're San Antonio like that's not enough that you would rather just hold on to him for a year and be good this year and just let him go after a year or see, and then see if you can rehabilitate him and, and he makes all NBA and you can sign him at the end of the year uh, to the Supermax so there is the option of just getting him in free agency next year although if you do that and then you're really you just better hope that Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kuzma and Hart either develop or you can then try to trade those guys maybe including Dang as well for some salary filler uh, if you haven't had to stretch him already now let's say they get Kawhi now and we'll talk about what the math behind getting that and how much they should offer all right but let's say they do get him you're basically in almost the exact same situation cap wise next year because to use his bird rights his cap hold will be a little bit less than 32 million it'd be a, a little bit over 30 
30 million he's making 20 this year so 1.5 times that for uh with them having full bird rights on him so you're basically not going to have any more space even if you acquire him now yeah he's only making 20 million now and what it really would have been great is if they could have acquired lebron gotten Kawhi now well he only counted for 20 million by sending out salary and then still having a bunch of cap space left but that that now once Kawhi goes up to his max hold uh next year or pretty close to it you're not going to have that flexibility so and now they've brought back kcp already as well and paul george of course has signed so really the path to getting a third max guy is difficult maybe you trade the entire kitchen sink of ball and ingram there's someone who's available uh that you could get you know maybe it's like anthony davis or or maybe a sign and trade could be possible for one of the guys who's a 2019 free agent but you're not going to have the space if you get Kawhi this year and re-sign him to just go right out in the marketplace and get a max free agent uh, as well unless you just completely clear the decks and even then you're it would be difficult so that's where they are now what do you think they should uh I guess one more thing I can say too about this is if they want to trade for Kawhi now, they got to put together 16,000 or 16,079,000 worth of salary. If you don't include Deng, that means Ingram and ball have to be in the deal at least as of now you know some of these guys that they signed could be traded as of december 15th that could change this so ingram and ball and then two of avicha zubach kyle kuzma and josh hart just barely gets you there to have enough salary to trade for Kawhi leonard another option would be that they work in dang somehow but that's such a bad contract that goes another year you could maybe do the like keith bogan sign and trade of like well, actually, no, you couldn't do that anymore because uh, unless they moved on from Randall because they as a, and they would have to do that very early, then they could sign and trade Isaiah Thomas or Channing Frye or Brooke Lopez. They'd be able to maintain the bird rights to one of those players. They can't do that, though, if they hold on to Randall. So maybe it would be a sign and trade of Randall, but the Spurs would have to want Randall. doesn't really seem like a Spurs kind of player and Randall would want to have to go there and the Spurs would have to be willing to pay up. So it's probably either as of now, if the trade is going to happen this summer you either got to work in luol deng which you know now you have to include even more assets because the spurs are taking on deng or you got to give up essentially everyone except for either kuzma or hart so that's that's tough that's the kitchen sink and and i'll turn to you down i know i've gone on for a long time with this financial stuff but would you just do it i mean we've talked about this before but now they do have lebron james would you just do it would you trade basically all those guys to get Kawhi leonard right now knowing then though that uh going into next summer you're probably not gonna have space for a max guy even then i would not i would not do that trade at, at this point it's too much to give up the uncertainty with Kawhi. they might have more certainty than we do with the access to medical information maybe they've they could see him work out or something like that but knowing what we know right now i would not especially because they have a good chance of signing him as a free agent you know there there is certainly a much greater than zero chance that he signs somewhere else what either through a trade or just falling out of love but i think that's way too much risk to take on and it also lowers the ceiling of the team and i'm sure some people are going to dig in this well of oklahoma city signed paul george therefore all of these teams need to have so much confidence that they can make these moves and and you know the guy's gonna come back there certainly are circumstances but you need to remember that every player is different how they 
react to the circumstance. You and I both talked about on last night's show about how we disagreed on with Paul George's decision from a basketball perspective. Obviously, he's a human being, can make whatever decision he wants. But even if it's not Kawhi, I feel like they could get somebody else good that year. Maybe not as good as Kawhi. And so giving up everything for a, a bill of goods that you're not completely sure of and foreclosing on all these other possibilities and he wouldn't have to make any sort of commitment right now. I just don't think that makes any sense or doesn't make much sense. It makes some sense. It just doesn't make enough sense. Yeah. And the timing here is not as difficult because again, you're you're now at the point where the fact that the Kawhi is only making 20 million this year, like can't really be utilized in your favor anymore to get more players. Now we mentioned, of course, you know, he's locked in for at least three years. He said he's even, you know, to Stephen A. Smith reported that it even, you know, the commitment in theory is, is for even beyond that. And you can say, hey, you know, there's so much urgency here. He's 33. How much longer is he going to be playing at this level? But also there's a chance that Houston and Golden State, the two teams where you're like, okay, we just can't beat these guys right now. Those teams are, are in theory going to be getting worse. Clay Thompson, a free agent, Kevin Durant, a free agent next summer. And just, you know, Seth Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, all probably not going to be as good next year as they were this year. Chris Paul, James Harden, you know, those guys are on the wrong side of the aging curve. The Rockets just lost Trevor Ariza. So maybe you are, even if LeBron is a little worse in 2019-20 you're in a better position just because the competition isn't as bad now in the east boston philly are on the come but you know they're, they're not as immediate of a problem for them so you know i i think unless i could get the spurs to take dang or work some kind of a sign and trade i'm probably not going to make that deal as of now and you know the real urgency of course to do it was when not only the thought was that you needed Kawhi to get lebron but then also that you could then bring in another guy or at least you know fill in around them with more space and now that option is really gone so the lakers don't have much urgency here and maybe the spurs will see who knows what exactly was offered uh but it may be for the spurs that the lakers offer never gets any better there's also the chance of course i mean if Kawhi goes to another good team like philly or boston you know i would say it's 50 50 or better that he stays there because they could they're going to be awesome assuming that he stays healthy so and they'd be able to offer the fifth year you don't know what his health situation is going to be either that fifth year could end up really meaning something to him as of that point so that's definitely a concern the lakers in theory are still going to have to outbid philly and out bid boston you know i would be pretty scared if he goes there but you mentioned also they'll probably be you would think the number one destination they'll have lebron i'm not sure that guys want to play with lebron maybe as much as lebron thinks they do uh because it can be difficult to play with him we've seen you know Kyrie left him obviously although that's looking like a great decision now you know he would have been left holding the bag in cleveland so uh, a lot of moving parts but i think i i would be pretty judicious as of this point you're also another concern though you have as the lakers is well how good are lonzo ball and brandon ingram gonna look next to lebron i think they're probably gonna look worse frankly especially with ball coming off of this knee surgery now and you know there's talk that the spurs don't want ball okay you could probably route him to a third team potentially i mean ingram just has to be in the deal there's just no way this deal gets done without ingram they can also throw in future first rounders as well maybe they could find a way there's talk they might take on a bad contract yeah yeah and those first rounders are less valuable right. now for sure like we we already we already would have priced that in competent teams would have because that's why you're doing this deal but still it's worth noting that's that i mean we, we've i don't want to be too down on this uh, for the lakers i mean that every lakers fan has got to be pretty ecstatic they're adding lebron to a 35 win team some of the guys who, who got them to those 35 wins won't be there anymore but you can hope for growth from the young guys yeah i think the fit is going to be bad offense i think they're going to be pretty good defensively and and 
offensively i would expect lebron to have the least efficient season we've seen from him in some time just due to the lack of spacing and you know we'll see maybe they still got 12 million they might do something with Randall. how would you approach randall's situation now that's that's a good question oh one other note i want to make quickly another way that they could get a little bit of cap filler that i didn't hear you mention i might have just missed it is in a month they could trade mo wagner and that's another way to get some of that small money so maybe they could i i haven't done the exact numbers on it but that would get a lot of them to get pretty close to maybe not having used kuzma or hart but still ball and ingram whole hell of a lot to give up but so with with julius randall actually just before we started recording was writing a piece for the athletic los angeles and spent a paragraph talking about this and i think what you're trying to do is toe the line between hardball and trying not to get him to take the qualifying offer though you're not it's not the worst thing in the world to be clear but well, oh, so, what so you you'd would be willing to, you'd be willing to go more than one year i would if it was a deal that i was completely confident was tradable well you so, could never be that i don't know that, what that because you're you could he could well, get injured like, or, like let's say if it was yeah. seven or eight mil where more likely than not you know not as a guarantee but more likely than not that it, a, another team would be willing to take it on so yeah or maybe maybe know, low enough that if you absolutely had to you could stretch it or you know if you had to give up right. trying to get out yeah but but i mean but you're talking about something that's like below eight figures a year which is never going to sign yes right and so so but that's what i would do is i would make it at a at a term and say this is what we're happy with and then if he gets something higher than that which the answer is almost definitely at this point he can't i mean unless another team just is trolling or something which is kind of stupid on their part unless they have a clear vision for what randall would be so i would play pretty hardball with him because randall a very good player a guy that i like that that i really impressed me with his growth this past year but not a great fit with lebron james because of the lack of spacing i I think defensively defensively, i think defensively is a good fit actually because they're probably going to switch and and he can do that offensively i agree with you it's it's terrible but like as a recovery like as a pure switch guy yeah but i think with lebron especially as he ages you're going to want somebody who can recover a little bit better just because you're going to need need a little bit more of a presence at the rim and i don't trust that randall's going to be able to do that so i don't think that you're looking at him as a foundational piece anymore i don't think he's a foundational piece with lebron james granted i felt that way before and lakers fans didn't like it but whatever don't care and so you 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 play it like that and you say if you can get a better deal if if but if these are the terms that that we're kind of thinking about and our offer is only basically going to drop with time you can you can try to play that game if you want but of course there's a threshold and then if he takes the qualifying offer so be it you know like that that's not the worst thing in the world the worst thing would be matching or signing a really big contract and the lakers can just take that out of play by saying that's the worst case scenario everything else is better than that i think this would be my approach I would actively look for something better to do this year with that 12 million. Like you said, very unlikely that they can reach a long-term agreement. Even next year, he's still essentially a fall at a contract that he's going to want, which is probably going to have to start it. You know, maybe if you're lucky, 14 million a year, 13 million a year, something like that. Because remember, happy day is going to be here again for free agents in these coming years. And Randall had a very nice year. I think he's a, a guy who's a very unique matchup who has a lot of applications potentially um so let's say even if you get him on a one-year deal this year right i mean i think the fallback would be hey we've got your full bird rights it's not going to impact our cap space at all as long as we don't go into the tax hey we'll just pay you all the way up to the max even you know you maybe don't want to do that just because it's money but you know we'll give you a one-year deal just to get you to sign and be happy and, and play ball this year and not drag out this qualifying offer thing forever but even then if you keep him around and you're happy uh, he's happy on a one-year deal he's like you know probably plan g in the summer of 2019 uh, 
uh, and again you know you, he's not going to have a, a low enough cap hold anymore that you can kind of keep him around and still have room to do some of the significant things that you want to do so i would say and i as i said already i mean they got ingram they got ball they just got lance stevenson lebron is not an amazing shooter he's got to have the ball in his hands you just need better shooting and so randall to me my first approach would be all right we'll keep his qualifying offer on the books for now you might have a decision to make at the deadline but presumably you'll know at that point of the deadline to withdraw which is in, in mid-july but presumably you'll know at that point whether you can do better than him here's who i might be looking at that i think you know and we're talking about a one-year 13 million dollar deal essentially now uh, that if you pull the qualifying offer from randall you certainly would call jj reddick probably wants to stay on the east coast avery bradley could be an interesting one they have a lot of shooting guards but uh, that's okay you know he he at least can play at center eh, you know it, it's tough there's not that many guys uh there brooke lopez maybe he he could return just due to his shooting uh, although defensively it's an issue Derek favors you could certainly look at uh, but he's supposed to decide tomorrow on going back to the jazz or not but i think favors would be a better fit than randall at least could be more of a pick and roll center protect the rim a little bit more certainly you would ask if demarcus cousins would be interested in coming to play for that much we'll see what the pels offer is they'll probably beat that though or i might even just try to to break it up into some other guys who, who can shoot a little bit you know uh wayne ellington you might want to see what the price is on seth curry although that wouldn't cost much but they got to get some shooting on this roster maybe bring back channing fry though he might be another minimum guy anthony tolliver be someone that they could look at and randall is definitely better than all those guys i'm talking about here for sure other than maybe demarcus and favors but it just the the fit is just so bad i mean and with him very unlikely to be a part of the long-term plus now if you could get maybe you could sign and trade him and get someone back who can play in a sign and trade again i don't know where that's going to be that's exactly where i was yeah, going to go do you have an idea for that or, i haven't looked at that really that closely yet i i don't have one yet but what i do have is the concept of what a deal would be i you you brought up bringing back a guy who can play the other way to do that would be to bring back some sort of other asset that you can flip into something else so that could be maybe you get a late first round pick or a good second or something like that you would also have to have it as a deal in the requirement in the deal that we are not taking back any salary from beyond the season and they could do that pretty easily just as a demand whether or not another team can meet it is an open question but it gets into something that is very important to understand around the league which is this lack of demand for centers i mean there just aren't that many teams that are beating the doors down as good as Julius Randle is for a guy like Julius Randle. And especially if you're narrowing the field of matching salary to only guys that are expiring this coming season. I mean, maybe you, you could you could find something. I mean, maybe you could even talk to a team like Sacramento and just if they, for whatever reason, they like him better than all of their guys. Maybe you could do something like that. But there just aren't that many teams that are champing at the bit to get to get Randle as good as he is. Yeah, so, so maybe Avery Bradley would probably be my number one target. Uh, just because he can shoot he could defend the other team's point guard if Lonzo just is shooting too poorly or he's he's going to be injured for part of the season he can start at point guard basically but they have enough guys with Ingram and and LeBron and Lance who, who can handle the ball already so Bradley wouldn't have to handle the ball too much I might look too to see if Shabazz Napier were available and, and you know with him being non-tendered by the Blazers he's unrestricted he can play out the ball and shoot I mentioned Seth Curry as a potential option they, they'll need a backup point guard in theory but yeah they, they still they just need shooting in, in the worst way on this team well and then there's if they need shooting there's a perfect fit who might end up being on the buyout market carmelo anthony <laughs> oh man <sighs> I, I mean yeah this is uh i feel i feel like that's happening like I, I it's not i don't know anything it just intuitively to me feels like that's gonna happen hmm 
David West might be an intriguing option for this team too if he doesn't go yeah, back to, to Golden be. State and I definitely think for the regular season they should really you wouldn't want to pay him much more than the minimum but to bring back Channing Fry, I think you know especially since he's got a chemistry with LeBron and just again they got to just get somebody on this team who can shoot the ball um even with his defensive limitations yeah I think the the other part of this which is a mix of Lakers perspective and the other thing we need to talk about with the LeBron decision the other big big thing to talk about is the path that it took to get to this point and so really that starts with Magic and Palenka taking over from Bus and Kupchak and a lot of the early stuff was cleaning up their messes that was using D'Angelo Russell as the primary asset to unload Timofey Mozgov's contract Mozgov would still be on the books for an additional two seasons would have made that a, a big constraint to deal with right now they would have to give up some assets and they also in that trade got the pick which eventually became Kuzma now they could have drafted Kuzma with the other pick that became Josh Hart they could have done a couple other things but they got those in that deal and then the other massive trade which I, I feel like our analysis of this is looking better than other people's which doesn't always happen but in this case it does which was the monumentally short-sighted you could say justifiably so trade that the Cavs made with the Lakers which had two big impacts in terms of this signing one Jordan Clarkson's contract going off the books you know the Lakers got back expiring salary that money was is important but you could call that KCP's money if you want you can call it whatever and also getting a first round pick they drafted Mo Wagner with it but they they got a first round pick out of that deal and so the Lakers needed to get more breathing room to get flexibility in order to make this palatable to make this possible and they did so the other thing too that was huge was that d'angelo russell trade and uh there's certainly plenty of lakers fans and lakers analysts who were like oh my god d'angelo russell like he's gonna be so good he runs such a good pick and roll uh he was the number two pick he was the future like we just traded him just to get get off of money well number one they got cal kuzma or the pick that eventually became kuzma in that deal uh, although obviously no one knew what he was going to be you have to evaluate it as if it was just a random you know 28th 27 pick whichever it was i forget the exact series of transactions that led them to 27 but that was a great deal i mean that's the one where really i mean the clarkson one yeah they got off of i think his 12 and a half million for this year but they still would have actually had the room for lebron i think with mozgov in the books i don't know if they even and russell as well i don't think they even would have had space for lebron maybe they could have made that trade but you know russell had a pretty rough year his value is a lot lower now than it was back then i don't know if you could get off of a mozgov or a dang just by including russell now the way you could back then so that i think was a really great proactive trade and i think even going back further trade deadline 2017 you remember that it looked like mitch kupchak was going to try and and make a trade with jim buss continuing to try and save their jobs after the terrible Mozgov and Dang signings and Clarkson signing and Gene Buss found out about that and stepped in and said no you know what we're not giving you to the end of the season I'm taking this from you right now Magic Johnson is coming in he is going to be running our trade deadline they were able to trade away Lou Williams for a pick that's a, that ended up being Josh Hart good job there and I admit very early on to being openly skeptical of Magic Johnson Palinka, Kobe's former agent certainly seemed like kind of 
of a nepotism type of hire magic johnson never seemed to be that amazing on tv well certainly it appears that magic played a key role in closing the deal with lebron yesterday although that's always kind of overblown oh wow he really convinced him in the meeting it's like no i think he probably pretty much had his mind made up before then it just you got to just not blow it if you're magic johnson at that point but he didn't and i was skeptical and really outside of drafting lonzo ball number two which i think pretty much everyone was on board with as essentially a no-brainer and i i admit that ball was number two on my board though i kind of still felt lower on him even at the time he was drafted than others and i remained skeptical of him but other than that draft pick pretty much every move they've made has worked out incredibly well and so genie bus deserves a lot of credit for bringing them in and they of course deserve credit for the way they've totally remade the franchise here and you know is really like is lebron james i mean he had a chance to come to la once he, he went back to cleveland in 2014 but is he here with like bumbling mitch kupchak who like you know refuses to even play the game of kind of the pre july 1st tampering and jim boss and uh, you know who's just like kind of socially awkward and stuff uh, or is he here with magic johnson i mean we know he's here with magic johnson probably wouldn't have been here with uh jim boss still around so genie did the right thing in getting rid of those guys agreed wholeheartedly they've done a wonderful job so far very 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 few missteps and a lot of home runs which is incredible and i give them full credit for it there is one other thing that we should talk about with respect to this and it's a question you asked on twitter which is how many championships will lebron james win as a los angeles laker yeah so the poll actually let me check it now i had to scroll past all my tweets of our patreon posts we've done a, another probably 15 or so of those updating in real time uh, all of these signings with our salary sheets we've got the list of all the remaining free agents including who's signed ranked separated by restricted and unrestricted we've also got our summary of all the cap room left in in the nba for all the teams i actually updated that to include my projection of what exceptions teams that are over the cap might use but here's that poll 7200 votes 49 percent say that lebron will win zero championships with the lakers 30 percent say that he will win one 13 percent say two and eight percent say three plus and i think actually that wisdom of crowds that pretty neatly encapsulates encapsulates for me 49 percent zero 30 percent one and then two and above 20 percent i might put the two and above even lower than 20 percent overall but that's pretty close to i think what the distribution of, of the outcomes might be yeah i mean what you talked about earlier with the difficulty of getting a third star there unless one develops on their roster which is the other possibility here is that you know ball or ingram or somebody that they could acquire for ball and ingram if it's not lonzo if it's not Kawhi leonard becomes that guy but there are strong teams even if they're aging and lebron at some point is going to become at least somewhat of a mortal and so that that will be a challenge for them you know they'll have to to deal with that and we already saw him take a big step back in terms of regular season defense and then the playoffs I thought he you know he was spectacular offensively and he picked his spots defensively but he he didn't have his fastball for most of it maybe the hand related to that who knows but yeah I would say zero is the most likely outcome but there's a significant chance of one or more as well and I'm excited to see where this goes and actually I guess the last thing before we move on to yeah to I've, I've got a couple this more is just, but feel free. okay it's just it's just where i mean the disparity between the conferences now not only in terms of star talent but in terms of top teams is pretty remarkable yeah for fortunately boston and philly and, and i mean the big winners here boston is the biggest one to get lebron out of the conference the raptors i mean the raptors what 59 games last year right i mean there's they have a new coach but they should be able to be around and maybe they can just break the curse against a team like boston or philly that they just match up a little bit better against um 
so yeah all those teams in the east hey if, if the bucks weren't so intent on just uh, making terrible signings they might even be rejoicing right now uh but yeah th- that conference disparity i mean th- there's gonna be probably some more momentum for the reseeding now of either okay 18s from each conference get in but then you reseed or maybe reseeding once you get to the conference finals uh, and the travel can be less of an issue they can just space it out a little bit more the same way they do during the the nba finals another question along the lines of the the championship question the lakers have these four youngs right now ball ingram kuzma and hart how many of those guys we're not counting randall well he's not even under contract no i i'm not counting him um okay. okay how many of those guys are on the team after next summer's moves and who is the most likely to not be on the team this is pretty much off the cuff yeah but i'm gonna say most likely is that to stay to leave i don't know if that's in the Kawhi trade or if that's in just get changing things around and i would say most likely to stay I, I don't know why i feel like it might end up being josh hart just because he just fits he, well like if it's a cool he, he just, he, he fits and he's well also just and, not gonna be as and coveted, i don't think teams yeah. are gonna demand him like that like i don't think you're gonna like you know let's say let's say they're trading for Kawhi. i think the spurs are gonna be like we want kuzma even though josh hart would be valuable to them and to almost anybody else i, I just don't see it in that that same fashion also i don't see josh hart conflicting with lebron right and that's the other way that this could happen is it's not it's not just oh you're dumping them in a trade it could just be this is lebron's team now player x doesn't work and i think that's significantly more likely for for all of the other three than for Josh Hart. And I would say Brandon Ingram, I would have Ingram over Lonzo in terms of the most likely for that specific conflict because we saw Ingram looked best with the ball in his hands. And that's not going to happen a lot with LeBron there. Yeah, certainly defensively, if he can grow into what they hope he can be ingram is a nice fit and remember the lakers they made their big strides defensively already last year yeah i would say Hart to me is the most likely to still be there i would agree with you i would say either two or three of them won't be around anymore and i would say that ingram is the most likely to not be there because a he'll be the most coveted he also has one of the bigger salaries and so probably has to be included for that as well i would say that kuzma is number two to, to not be there uh, as a guy who kind of needs the ball in his hands isn't that good defensively the fit there is a little questionable and then ball just because it seems like you'd almost have to be trading him at the nadir of his value and he's still i think that they're probably bigger believers in him than everyone else uh would be third and then Hart would be fourth but obviously you know a, a long way to go in this saga is this what you would have done if you were in lebron james's shoes yeah, I think it is. He's looking at the long game, and I never liked the fit of LeBron in Philly. I never wrote the piece that I wanted to write about how I thought the Sixers should prioritize Paul George over LeBron just because the idea of complementary talent versus transformative talent. But I feel that way. I still do. And there wasn't really another fit for James that made a ton of sense. And what the Lakers can offer that these other teams cannot is the prospect of getting somebody else because of the gravity of the franchise. They were good enough to, you know, they drew LeBron in they will have cap space they have young assets they can bring in somebody else now I'm not sure they can bring in enough to be the championship favorite for a given season that's going to need a lot of improvement some good fortune which could happen but is far from definite and you know LeBron I think he's probably looking at kind of the end stage of his career here I mean three plus one we don't know where he'll be at that point 
we don't know you know in, in everything but i understand why he wanted to look for uh, a more long-term solution didn't want to be a ring hunter and he's now he's he's invested in this and he he's a part of this process that might not work out but i i do i do really like this i think there's kind of a there's a poetry to it that i appreciate yeah and i said this on twitter i'm really happy that he picked the lakers i, I would have probably most likely for him to pick houston just because that matchup with the warriors would have been epic but that seemed like it was never really in the cards and at least he's at least it's interesting now you know i was just so sick of seeing him especially last year on that Cavs team that you just knew didn't have a chance and it was the same old conversations oh are they gonna hit their threes is kevin love gonna be good enough defensively and and i was just i just didn't want him to be there anymore and he had no chance of winning the championship there all the sagas with dan gilbert and the drama and i was just like ready for it to be over in cleveland as a neutral fan as a pacific time zone fan i'm happy to be able to see more lebron games out here it also means that like all those laker games that are on national tv that sucked because the lakers weren't any good the last year they were really interesting but uh now are incredibly interesting again the the rivalry with the warriors and that's just gonna make like giants dodgers look like child's play at this point now with and just to have this is really the first time just about ever that the warriors and lakers will both be good they had they've had some playoff matchups but not really one where they're both really good teams i mean those games are going to be awesome um and then going back to the question of you know what i would have done in his shoes i mean a lot of it too is there's the entertainment aspect i think you know it could be that owning a team someday is a more important goal for him even than winning more championships I, i would totally understand if that were the case and la both for entertainment the connections much easier to get involved with the investments in silicon valley on the west coast as well so uh yeah i i and also just being in la there he's got a home there it's just kind of it's much easier to be a celebrity in los angeles there's so many of them there's a degree of sanity to actually like seeing celebrities around which you you know most places just go crazy yeah so i'm glad that he's in la i'm really looking forward to seeing how it's going to mesh with this team And, and we just you know the the possibilities are fascinating as far as trying to get get more talent around him whereas cleveland really just didn't have the the assets to do that any longer all right let's do a quick read here and we'll get to you know the rest of the week Uh, right after this from blinkist Uh, we try to give you as much knowledge as we can pack into a program here we even edit out the silences we want to make our product as efficient as possible to get as much information into your brain as possible and that's why we're so proud to have blinkist as a sponsor they provide blinks of a book if you have a long list of books you want to read, but you don't have the time, Blinkist has the solution for you. They take thousands of the best-selling nonfiction books and distills them down to their most impactful elements. You can read or listen to them in under 15 minutes, all on your phone. I actually kind of was talking to a friend a few years ago about how it would be so awesome if this product existed, because really, when you if you're reading for knowledge, how much information are you actually retaining out of a book? You know, probably not much more than 15 minutes worth, right? So rather than slog through the whole thing, you can get all of that key information in just 15 minutes. Their library is massive. It's constantly growing. You can find timeless classics like Think and Grow Rich to current bestsellers like Fire and Fury. If you have a 45-minute commute, you can get the information from three books. You can get those key insights. If you're working out, if you're doing the dishes, you can get yourself smarter with Blinkist. The way to get started with them and get a free seven-day trial is at Blinkist.com slash 
cap space easy to remember that slash cap space url because we've been talking about it ad nauseum on this podcast blinkist.com b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t.com slash cap space to start your free seven day trial that's blinkist.com slash cap space let them know that slash cap space url that you came from us let's turn to the cleveland cavaliers we don't need to spend a ton of time on them right now the initial reporting it'll probably be a while until we spend a lot of time on the cleveland cavaliers uh, now now danny we do 15 and 60 we do season previews we do i said a lot previews. of time i didn't say no time <laughs> i mean that's i think we'll be spending more time on them than just about any other podcast we'll, we'll put it that way um yeah so it's been reported that uh, with their arena renovation being complete this year that they want to hold on to kevin love see if they can compete uh yeah um i don't know about that surprisingly enough after uh the best small forward in history just left the team they have a giant hole at the three they are 6.2 million dollars over the cap now in james's absence and that's not including the non-guarantees that they had they have colin sexton of course uh as the eighth pick though he'll sh- surely get plenty of run this year and being 6.2 million over the cap that gives them 15.6 million to work with before they get to the tax and there's no way in hell they're gonna pay because remember they're in the repeater tax the repeater tax for this team what can they do with that money well you could give rodney hood a new contract they still have to fill out the roster with minutes so you could probably give hood about 13 million or so to still avoid the tax of course they could make cap clearing trades later in the year as well although they're pretty much out all their second rounders and then they also have a top 10 protected first that they owe to atlanta in 2019 and 2020 atlanta big loser with james leaving because you could see that pick being in the top 10 both those years and then just reverting into two seconds that's from the cal corver trade years ago or they could use the full mle and the bae which they should have room for still under the tax barely and move on from hood and of course as we mentioned they desperately need a three anything you'd say uh, about their strategy we did a whole podcast that obviously or not a whole podcast but a whole section on their offseason and what they should do if james left but you know assuming they're trying to compete this year which i don't think they should be but that seems to be the rumbling so far uh anybody you think they might target with their mid-level exception or would you just try to re-sign hood and call it a day here I mean, you could look at, you know, somebody, I would be looking more at somebody who you could get on a multi-year contract at a reasonable price. Those might be available. Somebody like Ennis or Travion Graham, especially Graham, because he's young enough that you could end up getting him on a multi-year contract. The Glenn Robinson contract, we'll talk about a little bit later, you know, at least the the Pistons got a second year out of it. I would maybe even try to get more than that. Be looking in that direction. One other thing I want to note is that the Cavs have a trade exception from the Kyrie deal for 5.8 million. That could be used in a couple different ways it could be to get somebody who a team just doesn't really want at that price or maybe it's even debtor money and they get an asset in return which they can use in the future it could be a nice piece another way to use some of that big margin between the their current salary yeah. and the luxury but, tax but that line. would probably preclude them from using either the full emily or taking on hood unless unless other moves occurred yeah it's possible yeah and, and I, I think other moves will happen at some point whatever those are well it's, it, I mean, if they, they want to strip mine here and corver maybe he would have some value He's 7.5 million 3 million guaranteed next year uh and love are really probably the only guys maybe george hill could help someone as a 19 million dollar expiring contract essentially um 
Tristan Thompson, they might try to move, you know, maybe they could move him for, you know, a Jan Mahimi, someone who's even worse. Um, you know, I think they definitely should be strip mining, especially to ensure that they keep their pick this year. But, you know, I think more likely is they're going to start off the year pretending to compete, suck, and then try to move these guys at the trade deadline and not get as good of a draft pick and be right on the borderline of maybe losing that. But we've seen them fall off so badly without LeBron before that uh, maybe it'll just happen regardless of whether they want it to or not. Yeah, I could see Gilbert trying to push a little bit and seeing what they could do and just finding out they can't. I mentioned this before that it's kind of the I would enjoy the Garfield minus Garfield idea of this team of just trying to run it back and not have LeBron James and see what happens. I think they would lose just offensively. It it would be a fascinating experiment for me to just to to try to get an idea of what the worth of LeBron was. Yeah, and and so for that purpose, and yeah, I mean the Nene test for Cleveland is not a good thing right now because you know Love I think has value to certain teams, but that that player option some teams might feel queasy with that, especially with his injury history. Yeah, he has twenty four million this year and twenty six million next year essentially yeah. in that player option. yeah 20 25 six yeah. it's close to damn enough and yeah and then george hill 19 with a part a small partial for the year after jr has a small partial guarantee corver so i mean it, it will be challenging if they're if they try to unload them i mean it's probably going to take assets or as you said taking on bad money that is the other way to make this work well i'll, and, I'll tell you what if i'm kevin love i sure as hell want to get traded this year so i can go somewhere that'll sign me because i don't know that there's i mean it's going to be a robust market market next year but i don't know that there's anybody who's gonna pay him just in straight cap space you know 26 million dollars next year i mean you're much better off probably getting somewhere that wants you you opt out but then you know you resign for a longer term deal at you know maybe a little bit less on a per dollar basis he'll be 31 next offseason yeah and he's also technically if they if he can try to make a move early he's extension eligible sure so that's a great point depending on whether whether it fit within the terms of an extended trade or if they just had to wait the six months if they did yeah. it early enough they could make that happen happen and, and and even jr and, like you know he, he's 3.9 million guaranteed in 2019 he actually you know it could be another option of like all right i can help a team a little bit and and if you want to send me you know hey portland if you want to send me send evan turner here we'll send you jr smith he'd probably help you more though portland might not agree with that but i i think i would and uh you know they still jordan clarkson uh at uh 12.5 and uh 13.4 million the next two years i don't know i think you need to keep jordan clarkson to preserve the tank because oh, he's going to be a center a centerpiece to them keeping this pick yeah and zach lowe wrote the piece so you can check out just all right how did they get here uh Uh, Oh, and by the way, Feldman has this actually, if they fill out with minimum contracts, they could give Hood only up to 11.3 million. So the the margin's a little bit tighter uh, uh, to stay below the tax again, unless they made other moves. I mean, obviously the Kyrie trade was miserable, uh, but we, you know, we thought that that was as good as they could do at the time, but not having, right. Like uh, not having the organization to get him back into the fold when he went off the reservation last summer, it was difficult. Right. And it's, it's always important with a lot of these deals to, to keep in mind where things were at the time i mean like there's been a lot of revisionist history that's happened with the paul george trade in kind of now in both circumstances you know it's that trade is looking it originally looked great for indiana and shaky for oklahoma city now it looks great for both teams it's always healthy to to remember what it was and so i mean at that point isaiah we didn't know 
how broken Isaiah Thomas was. That Nets pick, you know, they didn't have the incentive to tank. So I I, I didn't think it was going to be eight. I thought it was going to be more in the five range, if memory serves. But yeah, that looked like the best return if they felt that they had to trade Kyrie Irving. And we'll never know probably for sure whether they really did have to, but it certainly is leaning in that direction. But yeah, I mean... Well, and then giving up the future first to... I mean, yeah, okay, they like kind of saved their season and they got to the finals barely but basically no one that they acquired in that trade contributed at all in the playoffs i mean that was really a disastrous trade to give up jay crowder and expiring contracts take on clarkson and give up a first as well to get nance i mean just the opportunity cost there i mean they're just there had to be better deals out there than that and then and maybe you know i didn't think the warriors were like invulnerable especially with iguodala not playing those first two games maybe they could have actually had a good enough performance against the warriors that lebron wasn't just like all right it's totally hopeless here had they done a better job with those trades and uh yeah to, to everyone who is saying what a great job they did with those trades uh yeah would you care to revisit that opinion please should we move on from cleveland we'll have uh unfortunately plenty of time to discuss them later yeah let's go to the orlando magic the magic signed aaron gordon restricted free agent who was seeing potential suitors drop off the board over the course of july 1st signed him to a four-year 84 million dollar deal no options on it and a note that you and i both independently made on twitter about 45 seconds apart the magic should absolutely front load this deal because they have enough wiggle room under the luxury tax this season to make it happen and then it just makes it a more palatable deal moving forward whether he stays with Orlando or or theoretically if they were going to trade him yeah and the difference that we're looking at here I mean I'm I put in my projection that I did for Patreon that they just give him the standard eight percent raises but your range here over four years with the eight percent raises is raises is between 18.8 million and 23.3 million and so you could start him at 23.3 million this year and not only does that give you more cap space in future years should you want to use it yes in fact there will be a time even maybe as soon as next year where they could use cap space and more importantly especially because you already have john isaac who you really believe in as uh, who plays the same position as him if you want to trade gordon he becomes more valuable if his salary declines and generally the player won't be opposed to doing it that way because they'd rather get their money first the one downside is that now that the extension rules are a little bit less draconian than they used to be you might want to have a bigger number at the end of your contract so you can build off of that on your extension but uh, that seems like a little bit too attenuated as far as just getting more money up front and i think for gordon four for 84 and that's uh, about what victor oladipo got a couple years ago although it was a different market at that time that and that was in an extension for oladipo rather than a free agent contract but it was difficult to see at this point where his market was going to come from the kings don't really need a four the bulls have lowry market on already he actually would have been an interesting fit with the Hawks, but the Hawks did, probably weren't really interested. And so with no real suitors out there, uh, I think that this was this was a number that the Magic can feel pretty decent about, basically 20 million a year, a little over that, 21 million a year. And that Gordon is still is getting life-changing money, even if it's not an enormous payday. Uh, you know, maybe there could have been a player option on the end or something. They had the ability to go five years that Gordon wanted to. Uh, so it's interesting that it only ended up being four, or maybe the Magic didn't 
want to go the five years you do have to think that there are teams out there indiana dallas that maybe could have made better use of their cap space but the question is would you have had to go to the max for gordon and that would have only been you know another 20 million maybe the magic end up matching it anyway and then you know you're waiting until july like 12th with all the physical shenanigans that teams should do that should really be outlawed because you know you've had the player for four years you don't need to give him a physical again uh to delay things even more but and then you're waiting until then to get your money and maybe everyone else is gone so i think those teams probably felt like hey we just can't risk that uh you know we got to get doug mcdermott under contract if you're the pacers uh we'll see who else they end up getting you know i mean maybe but you know if they get tyreek evans then makes a little bit more sense and and so i think this is a fair deal uh, all the way around for the magic and then their space now they're essentially right at the cap so they could have their full mle they'll have their bae to use as well should they so desire they also it turned out stretched shelvin max one million dollar guarantee for this year when they waived him back in june and uh, i think that's about all i have uh, on them for right now i think the magic actually you know, we'll see what ends up happening with their center position they may have other moves to be made i still uh, maintain that they should be trying to trade some guys for bad contracts to maybe help teams clear out space for 2019 they've got vucevic they've got ross who are expiring contracts that they could use to take on some of that bad money that doesn't expire until 2020 i think that would be my approach you know they're really they're no closer to contention they still desperately need a point guard dj augustin is their starting point guard but there aren't really many on the market don't think they'll be uh knocking on shabazz napier's door after they traded him away for a top 55 protected first round pick to the blazers or second round pick to the blazers anything you want to add on them or should we move on we can move on they do have a small trade exception they can use but not a big deal let's go to a deal that feels like it was a lifetime ago the first deal i think that was after we recorded Fred Van Vliet went back to the Toronto Raptors two years, 18 million. That is about, it, it seems like the number is lined up with the highest they could have brought him back with early bird rights. And it's going to be fascinating to see what the Raptors do from here. Are they willing, are they going to unload salary? Are they going to give up assets to unload salary? Are they going to just kind of bite, bite this for one or two years? I'm really interested to see where this goes, but I'm happy Fred Van Vliet got paid. He was very, very good this year. Yeah, this is basically the most they could have paid him over two years with their early bird rights for him interesting that it's only a two-year deal for van vliet that might be good to get back on the market in that that 2020 when the cap will be 116 million and so much money is coming off the books although never discount the capacity of nba teams to spend like drunken sailors when they have even the slightest hint of cap flexibility raptors now are 12 million dollars into the tax would be facing a 21 million dollar tax payment they have been loath to pay the tax before they, they got out of it last year even if they're able to move on from norman powell and remember they got out of it last year by willing being willing to trade damari carroll into the nets cap space and, and give up a first rounder that probably turned out to be a pretty good deal because they only it only ended up being the 29th pick even though Carroll could still play a little bit. So maybe they move on from Jonas Valanciunas. Doubt they can find a taker for Serge Ibaka. I mean, that, that would be a lot of money to just dump Ibaka straight up into either, it would be, have to be either the Bulls or the Hawks space. They could take back a little bit of salary maybe if they wanted it to be the Kings. And, you know, the Kings could use another 4.5 on the roster. But Powell seems like the most likely to get moved as of this point. But Van Vliet is such a good player. They had to keep him around. And maybe they'll just pay the tax or, or maybe, you know, they'll kind of see how the 
season is going and then maybe they'll they can drop a little bit of money to reduce their tax payment but it's looking like they're probably going to be in there i mean just moving on from Powell wouldn't be enough and really i think the only way that they can get off of enough money would be by including a, a first rounder at this point uh but good to bring him back and especially with lebron in the other conference you know i mean they're probably looking like the second best team in the east going into next year as of now we'll see what philly ends up doing another important part of giving van vliet two years is it largely lines up toronto's books so if we assume that valanchunas picks up his player option and obviously we don't know who's not going to be on the team lowry abaca valanchunas and van vliet now all expire in 2020 and then DeRozan has a player option for the following year norman powell has another couple years so they could really be looking to retool this team at that point without too much on their books and with the young players developing that could you know those guys are going to be paid right around that same time but it is interesting that they can't kind of maintain that consistency of a timeline here and re- remembering that last year Lowry and Ibaka got fewer years than many were anticipating in Utah the Jazz did not waive Tabo Cephalosha he was guaranteed five million for this year despite the fact that he had that mcl surgery and you know that's a bad mcl injury when you have to have surgery usually grade one or grade two you don't have to get surgery uh it was an avulsion injury uh which is where basically you tear part of the bone off that goes with the the ligament usually more commonly seen than the ankle from my recollection but so with cephalosha back this augurs even more so especially as free agents have come off the books here and we'll go through of course who's left at the end of all this now that the jazz are going to try to stay over the cap they met with Derek favors today in atlanta the reporting is that the meeting with the Jazz is productive, but they had meetings with multiple teams and are expected to make a decision on Monday. We don't know who those teams are. I am would be surprised if they're, you know, Utah can offer the most money. I don't know how long it's going to be because Utah is another team that could have a lot of flexibility in 2019 with Burks and with Rubio expiring. But even if it's over one year, you know, I don't think Favors had any kind of an offer for above the mid-level exception anywhere else. And so I think as long as Utah beats that, especially, you know, for one year uh, it would be a surprise to me if he doesn't return there and then when you consider now we said oh you know they have his bird rights they can pay him whatever they want for one year there's a little bit of an opportunity cost there because they have as of now with no exum and no favors they're 30.5 million below the tax and 36.5 36.5 million below the apron and so you'd want to bring back exum and favors and use the full mid-level if you could or at least close to it to uh, fit into that 30.5 million and, and i think they could probably do that we'll see where exum ends up we'll see where favors ends up they still could get into the tax and then get out of it or they also have the option they have 7.5 million in non-guaranteed contracts between jurebko and epeudo hopefully for them exum and favors can be resolved by the july 9th guarantee date they'll know whether they need to waive those guys to avoid the tax or not certainly epe Udo you would think is the most expendable there we'll see who they can get with the full mid-level if anyone um both those guys played roles but they're kind of end of the bench guys they might be able to do better than those guys um so that that's where utah is right now interesting that cephalosha was guaranteed we'll have to see what he looks like when he comes back next year but certainly someone who could make their defense even more formidable where do you want to go next i think it's time to bring back everyone's favorite segment what the hell is portland doing and 
this time, it's not about something that just happened. It's basically a resolution of a question that we had, which is that Jake Lehman got guaranteed for this coming season, $1.5 million per Jason Quick. And it doesn't seem like it was moved back. We don't know. I don't think we know for absolute certainty that that's what happened. But holy crap, Mark Bartlestein, unbelievable if that's what ended up happening here, considering they moved on from basically everybody else on their bench. And Lehman was probably the worst guy on their bench. Yeah, Lehman just a horrible three-point shooter in his career some hopes that he could be a, a combo forward who could hit some shots and play some d but just not even close to developing and this is his third year already as i change my spreadsheet to sadly guarantee him for next year but the idea i mean pat Connaughton, his qualifying offer was under two million dollars napier's qualifying offer was 3.5 that you would hold on to layman and let those guys go and you mentioned mark barlstein who is the agent there's also a barlstein connection with Stauskas, who they signed for the minimum rather than Connaughton uh, with the qualifying offer. Maybe they felt, I mean, I don't know where, maybe they just felt like Connaughton wasn't going to take the qualifying offer or he was going to get an offer somewhere else. I don't know, but like, I don't think the Connaughton would have cost them that much more than Stauskas, considering he was restricted if they had just been willing to play the winning game there. And also worth noting that Zach Collins is also another Bartlestein client, and Zach Collins is really going to benefit with the departure of Ed Davis. Attention, of course, turns now to the Yusuf Nurkic situation in Portland. The Blazers have have 7.5 million remaining below the tax now with uh, 12 players under contract and that won't be enough to re-sign Nurkic unless he takes his qualifying offer doesn't look like any other signings are particularly imminent for Portland if they did want to use the full mid-level exception but we're okay paying the tax still remember they got out of the tax last year by moving on from Bonley. they have 13.6 million above the apron so if they moved on from Nurkic they could use the full mid-level unless they did something to move on from Leonard or Turner they couldn't both re-sign Nurkic and use the full mid-level probably under any circumstances so that's where they are right now I mean they just they lost they're going to count on Collins to step in at backup center and maybe some minutes from Leonard they're going to count on Wade Baldwin to step in at backup point guard rather than Napier I mean I guess Lehman might have a spot in the rotation they could still technically bring back Connaughton or Napier they just don't have their restricted rights so still it doesn't really seem like we know what's going on with Portland, yeah. Right, and I've had people, when I was talking about the Napier thing, say like, oh, well, they could bring him back with bird rights. It's like, well, yeah, but you lost a, an advantageous piece of marketing there. Like, you could theoretically bring them back, but you would have scared off other teams, you could get them at a better price, and those qualifying offers were not at such a high salary that you would be worried about them taking it as being being bad for the team. We should also, just briefly, and I think this works as a transition, <laughs> talk about the glorious like two and a half minutes when we thought, thanks to a, 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 a rare erroneous Woj tweet, that Mario Hazonia was signing with the Portland Trailblazers for six and a half million dollars. You and I went completely insane because of what that would have meant for Portland in terms of managing their cap, in terms of all these other things. Yeah, be, being hard, but alas, and, and I was like, it was amazing. Yeah, that was a, a, like it was like all the like bad management stuff, like oh, you know, like the do, going in all these directions, and instead he is a New York Knickerbocker. They have fewer of these constraints just because they're not pushing up against the tax they had the full non-taxpayer middle-level exception to use however as despite being the archbishop of the church of azonia this is a great example of why bad teams stay bad because the knicks had a gargantuan advantage here by being one of the few teams that had the non-taxpayer middle-level exception in a year when basically nobody's getting paid like that is a really good contract to be able to offer and they got a player who isn't particularly great 
who is provides no future value because he's only on a one-year contract. So walk out of it with non-bird rights if he's, you know, if, if you still have him at that point. So it, you took something that could have been valuable and did about the least you could with it. Yeah. Now, important to remember, Steve Mills said this, that their goal is to not take on any contracts past summer of 2019. This is yet another of these 2019 cap space teams, although when you still, and they'll stretch out Joakim Noah. So that should get them to around 35 million in cap space next year. And Courtney Lee is rumored to be very available as well i don't know that they'll be able to just straight dump him that seems pretty unlikely he his contract goes through next uh season as well so yeah i mean i like getting the young guy in second draft opportunity maybe you could just hope his experience goes well you could keep him around there's a a little bit of hey you know you really blossom him here do you want to stick around they also have no threes on this team so he's got plenty of playing time opportunities and, and supposedly a bunch of other teams were involved with him you would imagine that portland's offer for him if there if it was even this high was for the taxpayer emily which is 5.3 so the knicks beat that they'll keep some of their mid-level exception open to sign a longer than two-year contract for mitchell robinson the big center that that they drafted with a, a ton of potential in the second round and they're supposedly still looking at anthony tolliver and mike beasley per mark berman they'll ha- also have their bae available to use no tax concerns here they got still 16 million below the tax even after the hazonia signing so they're hard cap but they're not going to run into the tax this year basically no matter what they do uh they also signed Luke Cornett to a one-year deal. No word on the guarantees yet. You'll remember he was a two-way guy for them last year. They're actually able to sign him for up to 1.6 million non-bird off of, I guess, the one-year minimum, 120% of the one-year minimum. Which because he was on a two-way last year, somehow that that's what the non-bird amount is off of that. That was a little confusing for me. I have to get a little bit better of a handle on that. Uh, where would you like to go instead, uh, or not instead, but now? Let's go to Detroit. Detroit signed Glenn Robinson III to a two-year $8.3 million deal, so about four per. And the second year is a team option, which is a nice piece of flexibility for them, what I'm guessing they did, which I fully support. And something theoretically the Knicks could have done with Hazonia, considering they gave him $6.5 million, is they paid a little bit extra in the first year to get team control in a second. Firmly in support of that idea, Glenn Robinson had a, a largely lost year for the Pacers when they needed small forward help, and especially with his defensive capabilities because of a, a really badly sprained ankle. And so I'm hopeful that he could just be a, a, a potential fix. You don't know if it's going to be for sure. And the other significance of this for Detroit is it looks like they're really close to done. Theoretically, they could do a couple of different things, but they have 13 players, including including Reggie Bullock's non-guarantee, which everybody and their mother expects them to pick up because it's a great contract. Then they have Moreland and Bikes on non-guarantees, or they could just replace those guys with minimum contracts. And so assuming they use some of their mid-level exception to give Kyrie Thomas and Bruce Brown their second round picks longer contracts they're they're basically done but I like what they did with the limited amount they had yeah I I think this is just it gives them another potential player much like Reggie Bullock a couple of years ago who might be able to develop and Bullock had a nice season last year if you're the Pacers you had Glenn Robinson on a minimum cap hold why wouldn't you have just beat this offer you know and 
maybe glenn just didn't want to go back there but it would have just and you would have had to pay money for the pacers but they're using cap room right now and so they could have just paid robinson whatever they wanted to i mean why not just offer him five million with the second year uh we don't it's been said it's team option sometimes it gets misreported and ends up being a non-guarantee we'll see which one it is here for robinson but the pacers had the flexibility because he would just have counted for the minimum until they signed him he's the guy that they especially if it was only for one year guarantee like why not just uh break the bank on him that's kind of free money for you if you're the pacers so maybe they just really don't believe in him or he just really wanted to move on and felt like he had a better opportunity uh, especially with the mcdermott signing uh but with lance out of town you know they probably had a need for someone who could defend on the wing so we'll see of course who the pacers end up getting with the still their 14 million dollars in cap space that remains they guaranteed darren collison today as expected for uh 10 million dollars this upcoming season in new orleans alfred payton will sign a one-year deal with the pelicans we haven't gotten a number on that yet but almost invariably when you just say here a guy's going to sign and then you don't hear the amount for like a few hours that means it's the minimum and nobody is that eager to tweet it out especially for a guy who was averaging triple doubles down the stretch of the season a couple years ago in orlando but looking like that they still hope to bring back rondo and but Peyton provides a decent backstop kind of Rondo-esque play and maybe Peyton could rehabilitate his career New Orleans always needs bodies there uh, and also in New Orleans obviously DeMarcus Cousins really he doesn't have any outs anymore you know so he's just negotiating whatever he can get from the Pels and the Pels just have to do well enough here now uh, to beat you know what might be a Lakers offer of 13 million uh, and you know that's probably a superior situation obviously so uh, really what it's getting down to now the Pels if they wanted to use the mid-level exception they would have about that same amount to give cousins they could offer him you know maybe a one plus one for 13 million and and still barely stay below the tax whereas the lakers you know probably would not want to offer that to cousins with their 2019 aspirations um so yeah i mean the cousins situation is really going to be something to monitor i mean the the pals really have this decision between rondo and the mid-level or bringing back cousins at this point where do you want to go next we can do the the weird little saga with brandon jennings today where it looked like his contract got guaranteed but then it didn't get guaranteed it got pushed back from july 1st to august 1st this i mean not knowing there could be greater context in terms of negotiation between player and team without that context this looks like a a dangerous proposition for jennings just because the market for backup point guards or third string point guards is going to thin out a lot over the next month teams not only through free agency but also by summer league being done teams seeing a lot of guys that they maybe like if milwaukee cuts bait at that point there might not be as many jobs there maybe this is kind of like well we're not trying we want to keep you but if the right opportunity presents itself especially now that they've used a lot of their mle so maybe it's that sort of a thing but it's still it's still interesting some housekeeping it elsewhere the hawks waived isaiah taylor a couple days ago to avoid paying his three hundred thousand guarantee he's someone who we've liked but the ball just didn't go in the basket for him Maybe you could even see him going back to the Rockets organization where he got his start in his career. He's still someone I would be taking a look at on that aforementioned backup point guard market. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up in Summer League. Brooklyn moved Isaiah Whitehead's guarantee date back from the end of June to the end of July. He's recovering from wrist surgery. Really couldn't even get on the court when 
they were desperate for a point guard with Russell out so I, I would imagine they're eventually gonna end up waving him in Boston remember how Robert Williams missed the conference call with reporters the day after the draft and oh it was just a misunderstanding oh now he overslept on his flight from Miami back to Boston and missed the start of summer league practice <laughs> well I, I guess uh, you know we were like oh my god I can't believe this guy's falling to 27 starting to become a little bit clearer now just a little bit and let's go to Dallas so Dallas we talked about a lot on yesterday's show about bringing in DeAndre Jordan. They did a piece of housekeeping by bringing back Salah Mejri at the minimum so they can they can wait on that. And depending on how they structure this, there are a couple different options for Dallas at this point. They could probably still keep Seth Curry's hold if they waive Kyle Collinsworth. That's how I, uh, Albert Namad has the numbers there. I have the numbers there too. They could also theoretically pay Dirk with, if they wanted to, they could pay Dirk with cap space. And then, you know, if they, if they thought the room Emily was enough for Seth Curry they could go that way and then there, there are a couple of things because they want to sign Jalen Brunson as well so we'll see we'll see what they end up doing but I think we have a pretty good idea of at least where this Dallas team is going to start next season yeah they've also got Yogi Ferrell's 2.9 million dollar qualifying offer uh, on the books that could open up a little bit more space for them they could still get to as much as 8 million in space here if they were to give Dirk the room exception uh, and that 8 million maybe they, that could get them something we'll kind of go through who's left at this point but that would be competitive uh, although it looks like they're again they're one-year deals deals only uh but it looks like they could be competitive with teams offering as much as the full emily the heat quickly signed former two-way player Derek jones to a two-year minimum contract worth 2.94 million dollars the first year is fully guaranteed and the second year is non-guaranteed that's jones you remember started in the phoenix system and speaking of phoenix Devin Booker Shams tweeted this I mean this is usually like if Shams or Woj tweet something it's because like the agent like wants them to tweet it and so this was a little bit of a shot across the bow of the Suns. Devin Booker is best friends with Tyler Eulis and was apparently upset with the front office over the release of Eulis. Not necessarily even that he was released. It was later clarified, but just simply that he wasn't told about it. Nice job there, uh, Phoenix. Uh, and this, to some degree, I, I mentioned that this was an intentional leak. Why would you want this to get out there? Well, because he's negotiating potentially this max extension uh, for five years. And so if you make it seem like, hey, I don't want to be there or just every little bit of leverage that you can get it's like oh well here you better assuage me by showing just how committed you are to me because you just waved my best friend right so uh booker and his agent leon rose are to meet with rob sarver and ryan mcdonough on tuesday to see if they can hammer out that max deal and uh maybe there'll be a small concession as far as like not a player option or uh, you know if he were to make an all-nba team this year which seems exceedingly unlikely but you know he could take a big step forward i, I maybe the suns could i i, I that seems unlikely but certainly you know that's a matter of negotiation of whether he could get up to the 30 percent max if he makes an all-nba and how they negotiate that what the criteria i remember joel Embiid didn't get 30 percent max for making second team all-nba but would have if he made first team all-nba so that those are how the negotiations can work out so this all just seems like it'll be water under the bridge eventually but uh, just a little shot across the bow in the negotiations there what the hell is philly going to do now danny i dealt with this problem in the mock-off season it was it was challenging because you're sitting there going well you don't really 
really want to necessarily give up their space. I'm much more intrigued on the idea of them acquiring Kawhi Leonard just on the idea of, hey, we're going to be really good. Maybe he'll want to stay. But the problem is San Antonio's asking price is going to stay really, really high here. And so are you willing to give up real assets? You know, not not as much like the Sharich and Covington Covington type of thing. But with Ingram, I mean, I don't see how this deal happens. I mean, obviously Embiid and Simmons are not going to be in this trade. But I don't see how it happens unless they include Marco Fultz. And so then I think that becomes the bridge too far and just what makes this fall apart is that there isn't really enough other stuff to throw in to make this work. You wouldn't include Marco Fultz? I mean, okay, yeah, I know Drew Hanlon is this big miracle worker, but man, I mean, the way his shot looked, it's pretty tough for me to believe that that guy is going to be like stroking it from three anytime soon. If I had, so I, it would it would depend entirely on what I'm hearing from Kawhi's camp. You know, if I thought there was a decent shot of if this year works out that he'd come back, yeah, absolutely, I, I would do that because Kawhi is that good. That gives you an, an unbelievable core moving forward. It also depends on Kawhi's health, but we've said that forever. And I mean, Kawhi, Simmons, and Embiid, you can build a lot of things around that. You can get, you know, lots of different type of players that could work there. And yeah, so I, I would I would consider it if you, you know, if the other, the kind of the underlying factors looked good and because Fultz is far from a certain commodity, I mean, he's not even going to play in Summer League. We've talked about that before. So yeah, I, I still am a believer that Fultz can figure this out, that he can break the yips. But if, if Kawhi seems amenable to coming back, not, even if he's non-committal, but he's just kind of open to it and his health is good enough where he's worth it then sure let's talk a little bit about some of the players that still remain now you mentioned Kawhi first uh, Mike Wright did say on the radio in Chicago that's the ESPN Spurs reporter that he still believes it's possible for the Spurs and Kawhi to reconcile that seemed interesting uh but there also is some indication that Kawhi might consider signing long term in Philly if it goes well uh James Ennis uh, so unsurprisingly as someone with a little bit of a 3 and D pe- pedigree uh Ian Begley says that the Pistons have made Ennis a priority with their early bird rights i don't know about that since they just signed glenn robinson they probably don't have much room left under the tax they'd really have to pay the tax probably to have a competitive offer there the sixers rockets and nets are apparently also interested uh, i think he'd be a very nice fit in philly or in houston for that matter uh, but uh, and the nets uh, how much money they'll have to offer will depend on the dwight howard buyout the sixers how much money they'll have to offer depends on how much jj reddick takes to come back which we assume is going to happen uh and, and the rockets will you know, probably have the minimum or they might have some of their taxpayer mle but then they also uh, have luca bamute who we haven't heard much talk about at, at all there speaking of the rockets clint capella was supposedly meeting with the lakers this afternoon that was before the lebron news came out that's done now there's no way they can offer him enough money unless they just moved on from lou aldang uh nerland's noel has is apparently deciding between the wizards where you'd think he might start depending on what happens with dwight howard if he goes there the lakers where he also would have an excellent chance to start and of course is is a clutch client the question there of course would be how much is it would it be the minimum which is essentially all they can offer but they could offer him a starting position uh if they hold on to randall or would they give him some of that randall money and then the thunder who certainly have desperate need for a backup center but doesn't really make much sense to go there to me if you're noel because you're going to be playing behind steven adams and and uh there's also some interest from the pals maybe you could start at center for the pals if they move on from cousins but if they bring him back no reason for noel to go there 
should we just take a little survey of who's left in terms of free agents uh, at this point i mean we can just go through by position here and restricted yeah, unrestricted so, or unrestricted restricted probably makes more sense sir. so there are no in in my opinion there are no starting caliber point guards left i think the new orleans pelicans would disagree with that but you have so on the unrestricted market more in the backup realm rotation realm isaiah rondo seth curry ray felton tony parker napier devin harris shane larkin and then on the restricted side van vliet's gone now so you have dante exum and yogi ferro marcus smart as well actually is still oh yeah still I, ca- I count him as a two yeah no, I, I mean that's a yeah two, he's so. a little bit different uh yeah also how old neto you who you imagine will probably be back in utah as the third point guard uh among wings really no starting caliber threes maybe luke and bob mute might be the only one you could look at maybe james ennis uh maybe jeff green you know among the unrestricted guys jj reddick and avery bradley at the two tyreek evans uh, available as well wayne ellington uh, who i think could be a pretty good fit for philly as he was in the mock off season to fill that marco bellinelli role Dwayne wade is still out there travion graham is unrestricted jamal crawford ian clark pat connaughton that's probably about all there is there and then and we don't have to say all the restricted free agent wings because the only one of them is signed so far is aaron gordon and then what we got here at the big position we don't need to go through all these guys but some of the highlights maybe so on the the kind of the starter line unrestricted boogie cousins Derek favors restricted click capella yusuf nurkic both of whom are going to have some real trouble getting a market now just for offer sheets because yeah. of all these teams that are losing the money and then highlights in terms of the rotation guys brooke lopez dwight howard kylo quinn alex len mike scott and then julius randall montrez harrell and the money bielita on the restricted side let's go through the teams now that we haven't talked about we discussed obviously as we've gone through here a lot of the space that remains around the league atlanta still sitting pretty with that 25 million that's gone up a little bit with the isaiah taylor waiver boston and atlanta would still have their room exception remaining as well boston a little bit into the tax with marcus smart's 13 million dollar cap hold they'll have the taxpayer mid-level available and maybe the full mid-level if uh smart moves on Brooklyn, 5.6 million in space with more to come, presumably from the Dwight buyout. That'll be a very interesting negotiation. Charlotte is... 11 million dollars over the cap they've got about 10 million to work with now below the tax already 12 players under contract they could potentially use their full mle or if not that pretty close to it do you want to pick it up here sure uh so the bulls have about 24.6 million to work with cleveland we already talked about the wiggle room they have under the tax dallas we already talked about denver still way over we they haven't made a, a cost-cutting move that could take some time yeah. uh, unlikely Detroit. they use the the taxpayer mid-level there same thing yeah. I they would do say still with have Detroit it. at this point or or if they yeah. did i mean they're basically they probably used the taxpayer mid-level on um glenn robinson already so they're, they're probably pretty much done except for minimums right they're they're probably pretty much there the warriors still have their taxpayer mid-level they're way over the tax of course and the houston rockets still have their taxpayer mid-level to use and they're over the tax though not as much now that they're not bringing back trevor reason indiana 14.7 million in space remaining also have their room exception the clippers 7.6 million in space but more likely to operate as an over-the-cap team utilizing their full mle and the bae which is starting at 3.4 million this year you can give out a two-year contract there uh that's with a projected waiver and stretch of milos teodosic and that indiana one is with a projected waiver and stretch of al jefferson the lakers we've talked about memphis about the same situation as charlotte they could use close to their full mle maybe the full mle miami probably looking at the taxpayer mle they're right about you know a couple million dollars short of the tax line here milwaukee 
have their BAE remaining after the Ilyasova signing. Also, of course, have Jabari Parker out there. They're about $10 million short of the tax right now. Minnesota, they've got their taxpayer, MLE, uh, also could potentially bring back Nemanja Bielitsa. They're almost right at the tax as well, though. And that's with uh, projecting that Cole Aldrich, who was waived, will also be stretched. New Orleans, we talked about earlier with kind of the choice they have to make if they want to stay under the tax. The Knicks are clean in terms of the tax, but they've already used most of their non-tax pyramid level on Hazonia. They still have the biannual if they want to use it. OKC, mile over. They do still technically have their tax pyramid level. I sincerely doubt they're going to use it. Orlando, to me, they look like a full, you know, full mid-level. If they want to use the biannual, the biannual, and then they have that small Alfred Payton trade exception should they so choose philly i mean they could function as an over or under the cap team depending on a couple of different elements one of them being who they can get and jj reddick's money they could clear about 26 million in space 27 if they if they really wanted to go that direction yeah and if the, we talked about this yesterday they could pay reddick and maybe amir johnson enough that they stay over the cap and then use the, the mle and the bae although again unlikely that would be for more than one year portland we talked about sacramento 19.5 million in space they'll have their room exception as well san antonio used most of their mid-level 6 million of the 8.6 on marco bellinelli they'll still have their bae available and plenty of room below the tax to use that even after re-signing rudy gay toronto a lot of players under contract they're 14 million into the tax already so unlikely that they would use the taxpayer MLE, although they do have it. Utah, we talked about. Washington is six million into the tax already, and still has to fill out their roster. So it seems unlikely that they would use their taxpayer MLE as of this time, but possible. One that got skipped in our transitions: Phoenix. They have about two and a half million left under, depending on what they do with some of their non-guarantees, and then the room mid-level. So they could add a couple of guys there. All right, thanks for for noting that, and thank you all for listening. This has been another marathon for us. We greatly enjoy this lebron james is a laker can't wait to see how that works out we still got the Kawhi thing going on and we'll see tomorrow how many signings there are you know we'll probably just wait for enough to accumulate so that we can do a full pod you know whenever that is it'll either be tomorrow or, or tuesday night probably uh might even go to sacramento summer league try and check out harry giles in person tomorrow uh right up the road here from the bay area uh anything you need to talk about before we go to i wrote a piece for the athletic la about lebron and, and what the lakers can do this year and next year went into some of the details that we we talked about and then i did a piece on kevin durant's one plus one for the athletic and i'm i don't know if it's going to be at a point where i can publish it but i'm working on a piece about larger july 1st takeaways winners and losers and all that i actually had a draft of it written in the middle of the day when it looked like nothing's going to happen then lebron did lebron things and so now i have to rewrite it so we'll see if i have time to do that tonight yeah and also we can do a little plug for ourselves here patreon.com slash duncan larue I, I don't think there's been a single signing where it's taken us more than a half hour so far to post the salary sheets except when patreon went down for like 30 minutes today uh liam is helping out with the, that as well so you get access to the exact salary sheets that i'm looking at as we go through this program free agent rankings updated in real time writing little blurbs about each signing as well as they happen so uh we're getting a lot of new subscribers really appreciate that we're up to over 800 subscribers now so it'd be awesome to get to a thousand before uh free agency 
is over and of course you get those mailbag podcasts we still have relatively fresh mailbag podcasts out there from the very end of june that we recommend you listen to as well you can get danny's story time updates where he does audio versions of his pieces quite a bit so a lot of little goodies there it's just a great way to support the pod especially if uh for some reason our sponsors don't work for you so thanks again for the support and we will be back either tomorrow or whenever there are enough signings for a pod so we'll talk to you all then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.